Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, the 40th chapter, beginning with the 21st verse. Let us hear now the words of the Lord. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He who sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the canopies, the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you you compare, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heaven who created these. He brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, my cause disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth will grow tired and weary and young ones will stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? O Lord, open our eyes. Open our hearts. Open our ears. Help us to see that we are standing on holy ground in your presence. Help us to know deep in our hearts your love for us. And help us to hear your words so clearly and unmistakably in our ears. That as we walk this holy ground, that we would not just be hearers of your word, just reporters of your words, but instead that we would live your words as doers of those words. All of this we ask in your son's holy name. Amen. Every day it seems as if the world is getting faster, right? I mean, think about the internet alone. I mean, some of you remember back in the days of dial-up where it seemed like we were moving cement through a straw and then along came DSL. And we were excited about that blinding 
speed, and then cable. Maybe you were lucky enough that you could get a T1 line at your house, and now there's fiber. Or think about video games. If you were like me, a child of the 80s, you remember Pong and Donkey Kong and Miss Pac-Man. Now there's Minecraft and all of the other high-end video game systems. I mean, just upstairs in our newly renovated youth space, there's going to be a video game console that's got 350 games that date all the way back to my childhood. So we can go up there, we can play Galaga all day long. Those of you who remember that know how much fun that was, right? All of these old games, but they now fit on one console. Not with a myriad of cartridges that you've got to plug in. Or think about computers and phones. I mean, think about it. I mean, all of the computing power you had in your desktop five years ago now fits on your phone, and it can do even more. See, all of this advance, all of this growth, all of this speed is because of something called Moore's Law. Gordon Moore was an electrical engineer. He worked for Fairfield Semiconductor and eventually was one of the co-founders of Intel. He figured out through experimental relationships in the manufacturing process that things got faster based on the production experience. So in other words, what he figured out is about every two years, things double in speed and are half the size. Makes those video games pretty impressive now, doesn't it? That tablet that you have that you might be watching church with is now pretty amazing, is it not? When you realize that years ago it was twice as big and twice as slow or half as fast, however you want to look at it. But this has led to the information age where there's a doubling of amount of information that we seem to be awash in and collect. I mean, all of a sudden, much like in our homes where we didn't have enough room in our attics and in the garage and under the bed, we started thinking about things like storage units and the explosion of that industry. The same thing has happened in the technology world. I mean, now cloud computing is a real thing where you don't store stuff on that hard drive that is six times bigger than you could ever imagine. We now park it on the cloud because there's so much stuff. So all of this stuff, all these virtual storage units full of all of this material, we have so much more in front of us. We know all the things about the world and we're uncovering more and more each day. And yet, as fast as all of it is, as as much information is out there, we still find ourselves asking simple and deep questions. Earlier this year, Sloane Bonsell, one of our children, she asked this question in Kate May's Ask Glenn series of children's ministry videos. The question she asked was, what does God look like? Now think about it with me for a minute. What she's really asking is, what do we know about God? I mean, with all of the information that we have on the cloud and in our computers and everywhere else, what do we really know about God? As fast as the world is, we still haven't cracked the nut, have we? We're still trying to figure out what do we know about this one that we're trying to draw closer to every day. In our text this morning, the Israelites are asking a very similar question 
And the prophet Isaiah is speaking into it. It's about 540 B.C., give or take a few years, that this is happening. The Israelites find themselves in Babylon in exile. I mean, the chosen people of God, now imagine this, the chosen people of God are in a foreign land, and they find themselves imprisoned as slaves. They are weak and helpless. They feel distant from God, and everything which brought them comfort is lost or gained, is lost or gone or muddled, and they yearn for some word from God. Does God not know their plight? They ask, what do we know about God now that we're in the far country? And it's into this narrative that God speaks to them through Isaiah. God says, have you not heard? Do you not know? I love that way. I love the way he starts off. Have you not heard? Do you not know? I created the earth and all in it, he says. I am timeless and everlasting. I give strength to the weak and the powerless. See, friends, in times like these, we too find ourselves in the, for, in the far country, don't we? In a foreign land, in captivity, it won't seem to end. I mean, for 11 months, we keep hoping that we're going to turn the corner, and maybe, just maybe, we are now. But how much longer can this go on, we ask? We've been studying our relationship, thinking about it. We know whose we are and who we are, but what do we know about that one? About the one that we belong to, about the one that we lean on in times like this. What do we really know about God? And so when we look at this text, it speaks to us so much. Have we not heard? Do we not know deep in our hearts about God in heaven? Well, here's what we know. We know that God is timeless, that God is everlasting. We know that God is powerful, the creator of everything. We know that God is mighty, giving strength to all who are weak and powerless. See, this tells us all that we need to know. This text, those three points, tell us all that we need to know about this God who loves us and with whom we want to draw closer to. Verse 28 says, the Lord God is everlasting, the creator of the ends of the earth. I mean, think about that with me. The Lord God is everlasting, the creator of the ends of the earth. There has never been a time where there wasn't God. I mean, think with me about geology and think about all this. The Grand Canyon itself is somewhere around, they say, 5.6 million years old. God's older than that. They said that the Blue Ridge Mountains that we love are about 1.1 billion years old, so I'm told. And yet God created those. The sun that warms our earth, that gives us light, that guides our days and the tides and everything else is over 4 billion years old. And God is still older than that. We think about history, we think about just the Israelites that we're talking about today. They were in exile in 540 B.C. That was 2,500 years ago. And God was before that in human history. See, the reassurance is that God has been with us always, that God is the one constant that we can rely upon. 
The God of Israel is the same God of the disciples, the same God of the Acts 2 church. You know, the early church that we have our roots in. It's the same God of the Reformation. The same God of the founders of this congregation some hundred years ago. The same God of our present. You know, there are about five generations of folks in our congregation and in the church these days because of the way we're living longer. Five generations of followers who worship the same God who always has been and always will be. The same God of our children, our grandchildren, even our great-grandchildren. See, God is constant and the message is the same. Think about creation when God created the earth. Remember what God said at the end of each day? And God said it was good. I mean, that's the God that we're drawing closer to. That's God for us, the God that created everything and said it was good, that gave us so much goodness. Or the God that created the covenant that said, I will be their God and they will be my people. I mean, there is power in that for us. That we are God's people, God's children. It tells us what we read in Psalm 136. When we think about what this passage means, that God is that constant. Psalm 136 has this constant refrain, God's steadfast love endures forever. That means, my brothers and sisters, that God will be with us every step of the way, that God is with us right now, no matter what we're going through, that God is with us and will be with us. But just as God is timeless and everlasting, God also is powerful. The text says, God is the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. When I think about that and I think about creation, what comes to mind is a children's book. One that was given to us when Clara was born. The book is called Old Turtle. Some of you may know this story. But the gist of the story is this, that long ago when all of the world was created... All of creation could talk and understand each other. And so one day creation is having a conversation and a small argument begins to arise about who God is. And so the breeze says God is a mighty wind and a stone says God is, a, is an imposing rock and the mountain says God is a high snowy peak above the clouds. And this conversation continues as all creation tries to one-up the rest of creation about how God is in their image, in their form, and mightier than anything else. And as this conversation begins to roar, there's this voice that says, Stop! And all of creation turns to find the source of the voice. And that rumbling comes from Old Turtle. And Old Turtle begins to tell the creation that God is bigger than it can imagine, bigger than all of the animals can imagine, bigger than all of the plants and the rocks and the trees and the breeze can imagine. That God is bigger than that. And then Old Turtle says that one day God is going to create people. And they will reflect the image of God and they will show us what God is like. And that day comes to pass and People are created and they begin to walk the earth and then they begin a similar conversation. 
God looks like this. God is more like that. God is like me. And it begins back and forth, and this quiet argument begins to arrive to a loud roar again. And then there is the voice from heaven, stop. And as a thundering echoes across the side, God speaks through creation. And the wind says, God is like this. A mighty wind. And then the stone says, but God is also like this, a mighty rock. And the mountain says, but God is also like this, a snowy mountain peak. And pretty soon all of humanity begins to realize that God is part of all of us, that we are created in the image of God, which means we are to reflect that upon the world around us. That we are to see God active in creation and in everything, in you and me, in all parts of the earth. So as I think of that story and I think of this part of the passage, God is the creator of the ends of the earth. He is unsearchable in his ways. When was the last time you looked at the intricacies of a dog's muzzle? Or looked at the birds, at the bird feeder in your backyard? I don't mean just making a note and saying, oh, look, there's a blue jay and a cardinal and... Uh, I think that's a goldfinch. But I mean, we really looked at what makes them so different from each other. Or the vast palette of skin tones across all of humanity across the globe. I mean, the intentionality of God's creation to do it as we see it tells us that God is right in front of us before our very eyes. That everywhere we walk is holy ground because it's God's creation. And that God is with us. And so as we begin to draw closer to God, we begin to see God in all parts of life. In creation. In nature. In humanity. And we realize that we are made in the image of God and we see that in each other. We celebrate that. And we honor that. And that's when we know that God is with us. And as that anchors, we begin to realize that God is mighty powerful. God gives the power to the faint, strengthens the powerless. Even youth will faint and, and fall away, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. What this tells us is that God gives power to the weak at any age at any point in the spectrum of our faith development, that God gives us strength and power. When they mount up like wings of eagles, I think of that childlike faith where children ask simple questions like, what is God like? Or they make declarative statements that just make sense, like no being mean here. That's power, my friends. Or when they pivot to serve the homeless because there's a pandemic and they can't gather like they used to. Or they claim their faith because they've studied it and they want the whole world to know it. Or they answer God's call to ministry in uncertain times, all because God gives us in our childlike faith the strength, even when we are unsure. But as we mature in faith, as we seek to become fully devoted, we run and we're not weary. We plow straight ahead. We've got endless energy of faith 
to encourage and to support the leaders of our church and those around us to push us further to bring the kingdom of heaven closer to earth, to be fully committed ourselves and our lives so that the church is first and foremost and its ministry first and foremost in what we do. That we're not content to sit back, but to engage in our faith, that active faith that we talk about, not a busy faith, an active faith. The part that calls us to be more, to change the paradigm so that we can reach a new generation. That we're all in this together. Where our idea of membership has meaning, not just something to check on a page. So we take that energy because the prize is worth it. The prize being the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We soak up that energy from God because we want to seize that prize not only for ourselves, but for those around us. Because the Lord says, run, I'll give you the gas. But then even as life has longer shadows, the text tells us that we will not faint. That there will still be energy for ministry. God gives us the power to serve and despite the temptation to say, it's been my time, I'll hang it up and let someone else go. God says, oh, but no, I still need you. I think the shining example of this one part of the text is our senior adult ministry. Over the last 11 months, I have been so impressed with what Craig Ford and his team has done. I mean, first of all, they pivoted all of their programs to Zoom, and so if anyone says old folks can't do Zoom, they don't know our senior adults because apparently they're not old folks. They're young souls who still have the power to serve and to be close together and build community and to learn. They call and check in on each other, keeping that community tight. They've made sure that they've all gotten their shots so that we can beat this pandemic and emerge stronger than ever. See, the adversity, God gives us the strength to persevere. And what we learn from this text is that God gives us power throughout the life, just like he told the Israelites, I am right here. Have you not heard? Do you not know? I will give you power to run the race of faith. So my brothers and sisters, thanks to Moore's Law, we know this much. We know that the world is getting faster and faster every day, that in just a year or two years from now, everything will be twice as fast and half the size. I mean, that's the information age. But what I also hope is that maybe, just maybe, Moore's Law plays into our practice of faith. That just like what they've learned in industry from experience and productivity, that we learn growth exponentially in our relationship with God because our experience of walking with God every day, our experience of drawing closer to God, our experience of realizing that God is timeless and He's always present with you and me, draws that God has got the power to create us and everything around us, and that that power runs through creation. And that the mighty energy of God fuels us for ministry and gives us strength every day to face whatever may come. And when we understand that, then we know in our hearts what we hear with our ears but more importantly, may we know with our hearts and hear with our ears, may we echo that in the world around us so that the world knows and the world hears that our God in heaven is a mighty God and that we are his blessed people.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.